Today, I'm feeling rather opinionated. I know, what's new, right? But today's special. There's something in leadership that I'm sick of. It's created what I call flyby leadership. So how many times have you heard someone be told, don't bring me a problem without a solution? I'm going to suggest something radical. That saying that, it's an ostrich approach. It avoids innovation. It's a failure to train employees and it's a lack of ability to push yourself further as a mentor and a leader. Hi, I'm Deva Mills, The Rebellious Recruiter, and I've been in the trenches of finding people for organizations for over 20 years. I've seen and heard every leadership cliche play out in the workplace, and I'm going to share my thoughts on training today. So pull up a seat and let's chat. I've seen an interesting thing happen in the past couple of decades. I've seen companies slash training budgets refuse to hire people without experience, then look for only people who can hit the ground running and basically sidestep the entire process of what leadership looks like through these excuses. And they avoid training people altogether, hiring people who know how to do the job that requires capital and training people how to do a job right. It requires capital. Put on top of that, that we have a resume crisis. People who know how to make their resume look like they have stronger skills than they actually have duping you, the business owner, in the process. We have a cultural misunderstanding of what micromanagement really is and when forms of it are helpful in business. I could really dive in on this subject, but that's for another day. I've watched managers keep slashing the bottom 10% of their departments without a thought of training those individuals up or without replacing those individuals and then causing more work to be piled on other team members and the manager. We've had these cultural idioms happen and very few people are asking why and what they can do to solve them. I see it affecting businesses everywhere. Employees are encouraged to solve problems without training, which causes bad reviews causing loss of customers, and then causing loss of revenue. This all leads to a work crisis. We are overloaded with fake-it-till-you-make-it workers, with managers who are strung too thin to be bothered with the little stuff, and then add to it the cultural idiom of, don't bring me a problem without a solution. Is it any wonder we complain about the generational shifts in business? Our millennials don't have the same training that early Gen X had access to, and certainly not what the boomers had access to. They don't have access because we are missing 20 years of this type of training. Entire corporations have been built without it. What is it? Mentoring. Specifically, mentoring with company values as the guide. You know, I'm a parent, and before I gave birth, like every other paranoid first-time mom on the planet, I read every possible book I could get my hands on that reflected the type of parent that I thought I wanted to be. I was a voracious reader. If I got a new book, I'd put it down in a matter of a day or two days. Sometimes I'd flip through them for referencing information, the whole nine yards. Nowadays, I don't read the same way that I used to. And I think it's because when we become a parent, when we become a manager, we experience a shift in how we receive information. So then we receive a shift in how we give information. So we need to look at these shifts that are taking place in our head 
And we need to learn to recognize these shifts in ourselves. And then we need to look at our employees and recognize where they are in the shifts in their timeline and see what's happening with them. So one of the books that I read was Playful Parenting by Lawrence Cohen. One of the things that stood out to me was kids often don't go to parents to get a solution unless they can't figure out how to get the solution. So what we're really looking at here is if you look at some of our management principles as basic communication principles and a lot of our parenting principles as basic communication principles, there's a lot of overlap. So why don't we for a second just take the time to really pretend that these principles, how they overlap and how people are solving problems, we can give our workers the benefit of the doubt that they literally do not have enough information enough knowledge, enough training, or enough confidence that in that moment, they're just not capable of solving that problem. And that's why they came to you. So instead of looking at our employees from the standpoint of them wasting our time, we should take this opportunity to teach them how to solve a problem in the way that you think a problem should be solved so that you're creating a methodology that supports your values and tenets and makes your company the unique beast that it is. So I like to look at cost-benefit analysis all the time. And a recent one that I did got me thinking about training. So much so that a few months ago, I actually created a flowchart for decision-making that included company values, subject matter experts, the cost of the employee's time, overall cost of time, and what the cost of the product was to the company. That got me thinking about decision-making as a competency. If it's a competency, then it can be trained into your staff. Some competencies, yeah, they're harder to train for and some are easier, but competencies are trainable. It can be trained into your staff. It can be built around your tenets and your values as a company. The other issue is that lower level employees, they often don't see or they've not been invited to the strategy of the decision making that runs a company. So this begs the question, how do you train your staff when you don't have the time to train your staff? Well, I'm going to suggest that you do have the time to train your staff, especially if you don't want to rehash their issues from a leadership perspective. Again, as a culture, corporations are focused on turning training into a department. Well, that's fine for hard skills, but soft skill training, that's not a department. It's not something you can buy a learning management system for and direct your employees to use it. Shorthand for a learning management system, by the way, is LMS. Sure. These software package companies that focus on learning and development, they will say that's what they do and they're going to have fancy stats, big company names behind them. But soft skills training, it's in the nuance. It's hidden in the values that you display as a company and in the habits of your leaders. I once worked for a larger corporation. Early on when I was there and I needed to learn something new, usually a soft skill, a VP would drop by my office or a director and they'd just take a few minutes, they'd walk me through the process rinse and repeat a couple times in a very clear language, and I got it. Then we had a leadership change. And along with that came an implementation of a learning management system, an LMS. That system was cool, but it was not rolled out in a way that the employees understood what it was for, and it put training back into the hands of the employees who sometimes weren't aware of their own deficiencies. And leadership pretty much stepped away from some of that. That was not a good thing. There was no instruction on what it was about, why we would use it, and the expectations that employees should use it. So here's the thing. People don't know what they don't know. 
To blindly throw an expensive tool at a staff and expect to see improvement in skills, well, that'll happen with a few people, a very select few. Training requires oversight, conversation, and reinforcement. A degree or a certification, it doesn't back up the way you want things done as a leader for your company, your department. Training for soft skills and unwritten rules of your business and the unspoken ideals, that comes to the surface when you spend your time one-on-one with employees and actually go over a piece of your business and explain your decision-making process and how it affects your company and what value you place on that part of the process. It would start something like this. Hey, Pam. All right, just to let you know, I've been watching The Office lately, so. Hey, Pam, I'm about to go over the new managed services proposal. Come into my office and go over it with me. So the first time you do this, it's going to feel weird, especially if you've never formally trained a person. And that's okay. Just read it with her and explain what's important to you in a proposal. Reviewing your current business objectives, why you need this proposal, what's failing with the current vendor or the current processes if you don't have a vendor, Don't worry about getting her opinion, but do ask her to reiterate what she hears back to you. And most important, or ochin vajna, as I would have said to my Eastern European staff when I wanted to make my point. Very important. Make sure she's physically capturing this information too. Make her write it down, make her capture it in her phone. Just ensure she has two or three key takeaways before she leaves. I see this right now, and I've come to realize that people not taking notes... This is not a generational problem. This is a human problem. We all give ourselves way more credit for remembering what we think is important than tracking what really is. So part of being a leader is enforcing some very basic values about, no, you need to take notes. You need to reinforce what we're talking about. So now the next time you get another business contract or proposal, send it to Pam. Say, hey, pull out the notes that you took last time we were together. And then go over this proposal, make some notes in line with what I told you is important to our business. Drop into my office in an hour and let's go over this. Keep adding responsibilities to this protocol until you trust Pam to actually take over reviewing and negotiating a proposal. During this time, Pam will start to understand how your tenants wrap back into decision making. And when Pam sees a problem, Pam's going to do one of three things depending on where she is in the process. One, She'll bring it to your attention because it doesn't align with company values or the history of how you make decisions. So walk through it with her, give her advice, and then you, the leader, you make the final decision. A little further on in this protocol is option two. She'll say, hey, I noticed something is off and here's a suggestion based on my training. And this is how I think we should best solve it, right? That's where the podcast started but you only get to that because you've put all the structure in place before then. And then here's the third one and the best one. She's just going to take care of it appropriately and you find out about it after the fact because that's what you're training her to do. So realize option two is not capable of happening without one-on-one time and option three can't happen without total trust. And if you're a student of Pat Lencioni and the five dysfunctions of a team, you know that trust is the foundational step to you building a team and building your business. So my challenge for you is to stop fly-by leadership. Catch yourself. Catch your leaders when they say, don't bring me a problem without a solution. Telling them that can cause issues to continue to happen in your business, kind of like a festering wound, and it won't give you the opportunity to build trust with your team. Also, it gives them confidence that you care about what they are seeing, 
it will cause business conversations and it will give you an opportunity to reinforce your company tenets, your company values, your mission, and your vision for the future. The future of your company, that provides for you, right? Provides for your family, provides for your employees' families, and it creates an environment that begins to move your employees away from the Dunning-Kruger effect. So what's the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Tune in next week. We'll be talking about that. Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. A quick reminder, I'll be bringing you new information every Monday and an occasional interview later on in the week with another thought leader. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. And thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.